language lovers, and welcome to our sixth episode of Life in a Second Language with me, your host, Spring Day. Real name, Hippie Parents, long story. On this show, I have frank and fun talks with people about living, loving, working, raising a family, and studying in a second language, often an adult language, so this podcast may not always be suitable for young ears. If you are a bilingual person or polyglot, hopefully you can relate to what we get into on the show. Or if you're looking to jump into the waters of learning a second language or want your children to, we can give you a feel for what you may be in for and what to expect. Those of you who have listened to previous shows know that I am preparing for the Japanese proficiency test next year, and I got five hours of Japanese study in this week, and that is a two whole hours more than I planned. Of course, it cut into my workout time, but who am I kidding? It was raining a lot outside, so how could I possibly be expected to exercise inside? I spent most of the week studying kanji characters that I already knew. I know that sounds stupid, but hear me out. Like I said in the last episode, there are a lot of kanji characters, literally thousands of them, and it's hard to keep tabs on all of them. Some kanji characters are like second cousins. You can recognize them based on who you see them together with, but you couldn't pick them out of a lineup if they were on their own. These simple vocabulary words and kanji characters that I'm reviewing include everyday conversation gems like oil field, forest fire, Dry Riverbed. I categorize these words and kanji characters under the title Words Most Likely to Pop Up in a Daniel Day-Lewis Movie or Words That Make Me Want to Give Up, Move to Italy, and Cobble Shoes. My favorite random vocabulary word this week is shochikubai, which means pine, bamboo, and plum. It is a symbol of three things of equal value according to my pre-made kanji cards, but according to Wikipedia means a three-rank system based on grades or classes of certain items. Matsu, or pine, is the top rank. Take, or bamboo, is the middle rank. Ume, or plum, is the lowest rank. Pine, bamboo, and plum, as a set, are the three auspicious symbols of the Japanese New Year. The pine represents strength, the bamboo represents longevity, and the plum represents beauty and optimism. Shochikubai also appears to be a popular wallpaper with white people who would like to go to Asia but have children that are too small, so they have to go to a Pier 1 Imports closing sale instead to give their home a bit of that Asian feel. Side note, have you ever noticed the trope that if any white people in an American TV show insist people take off their shoes before entering their home, these white people are never not revealed to be quintessential assholes for making their guests expose the holes in their socks or creating the opportunity for their expensive shoes to be stolen? No comment is ever made about how much more hygienic it is for everyone not to wear your outdoor shoes inside. Whereas if anyone in a Japanese TV show walks into your home with their shoes on, they will definitely steal all your shit, and then you will die of the flu because you were out earlier in the rain without an umbrella. Anywho, back to language tips. If you're studying Japanese and are struggling to sound out kanji, there's a great Chrome and Safari extension called Furiganify, and will add furigana or the phonetic spelling in hiragana to any and all kanji words that appear in a PDF. This is handy for me because I'm reading a bunch of short stories in Japanese at the moment that I've photocopied the pages of, and this saves me hours. As with all extensions, you should be extremely careful in the terms of privacy before you allow them, but if you take a look at this extension and it seems safe to you, then I recommend it. And now it's time for... The Random Japanese Idiom Corner! Today's idiom is brought to you by... 
Caffeine. Do you want to think a hummingbird's heartbeat is on the slow side? Have you ever thought, I need more anxiety in my life, this pandemic just isn't doing it for me anymore? Or is peeing every 15 minutes on your bucket list? Do you want to be able to answer questions before people finish asking? Yes, of course you do. Then caffeine is for you. The side effects of caffeine consumption may include, but are not limited to, Starbucks avoiding paying any and all tax, improved erectile function, but only if you have a vagina, Verbal diarrhea while experiencing actual volcanic diarrhea. The heartbeat rhythm of a cat walking across a piano. Being able to concentrate on which of your muscles twitch while you have the jitters, but not on the project that's due by the end of today. Caffeine. It's the legal alternative to crack. Caffeine is available wherever office supplies are sold. Next to the candy. Hell, most of the caffeine is so full of sugar, it is candy. Caffeine. If you drink enough of it, it won't win you any friends, but people will remember your name. Today's idiom is onni no inumani sentaku. The idiom means to goof off, but literally means while the demon's away, let's do laundry. The example sentence given in Nobuo and Carol Akiyama's book Japanese Idioms is Otosan ga shuchou dakara onni no inumani sentaku. Meaning, since dad's away on business, let's goof off. Or literally, since dad's away on business and he's a demon, let's do laundry. Which just goes to show you just how much culturally Japanese people love to do laundry. They do laundry every single day and they love doing it so much that when a supernatural red or blue shape-shifting ogre with an odd number of eyes, fingers, and toes who's been terrorizing their family for God knows how long finally leaves their home, giving them a little bit of respite, these people's first instinct is to do a load to laundry. On second thought, if it were me, I probably would have shat my pants too. And that was the Random Japanese Idiot Corner! Is anybody there? Anybody? Damn it, I knew I shouldn't have put any reverb on this. Today I'm very excited to have on the show the French comedian and writer based in the UK, Arielle Summa. Arielle talks about her experience moving from the Ivory Coast to Paris as a child, learning English as a second language first as an exchange student in Ireland, and then when she first worked in the UK as an au pair. Raising a bilingual son, black culture, how French has changed since she left France years ago, and has some suggestions on what French Canadians can do with their quote-unquote French. If you enjoy the show, please rate it on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, feel free to share it. No matter how you feel about the show, please, please, please wear a mask when you go into shops. If nothing else, it's a community nod to hygiene, good manners, and common sense, like wearing socks and not killing black people. Well, that's enough of me telling you what to do. It's time for our interview with Ariel Soma. Enjoy! <sighs> Spring, just let people figure it out for themselves. Thank you so much for coming and welcome to another episode of Life in a Second Language. Today, I am super, super excited to introduce the wonderful, uh, amazing comedian, writer, and superhero, Ariel Summa. Yay, it's me. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. 
Thanks for having me. Let's get started. So what is your native language and what other languages do you speak? My native language is French. Uh, my mom is French. I was born in Ivory Coast where they speak French. I study English. I speak English fluently. And uh, I study Sp- uh, Spanish and Italian. But uh, I kind of lost it. But I'm sure if I stay like a week, a month or a few, you know, it will go bad because I was super good at it. When did you study Spanish and Italian? Um, Spanish, because um, in France you start with one language. Mm-hmm. So you start with one language when you're 11 years old. Now they start earlier, but 11 years old. And you have to keep it for four years. And then you can add another one two years later. So I started Spanish uh, 13 years old mm-hmm. and I kept all those languages until I was 18 and I adopt Italian when I was 15 or uh, 16. Um, I love it. It was nice. What is it like to have three languages knocking around in your head as a teenager? Well, um, it's basically, it was just for grades at the beginning because <laughs> it was easier for me. So I was just like, you know, what? I don't want to work out. I'm okay with languages. Let's do this. You know, <laughs> that's how it works. It, you know what I mean. But uh, as it was easy for me, I'm like, you know, I can do a job with this language. So that's why I end up in London. Like I wanted to be, you know, this the way you learn mm-hmm. at school, and then you have to to uh, get used to different accent outside. You know, in a proper English environment. And that's so different, isn't it? That's, that's what happened. I wasn't supposed to stay here, but then I did. So you came here directly after school? Yes, just directly after school. Like I'm going to take one year, be fluent in English. Because um, I did a, a, a trip, a uh, like holiday trip for uh, two weeks in Ireland when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, my English was good in writing and everything, but get used to, you know, quickly interact and hear, listening. Mm-hmm. That was a problem. So I went to Ireland and then I came back to school and I didn't think I learned anything until they put that tape, you know, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And usually I can never understand what's happening in the mm-hmm. tape, just few words. And I could understand everything. I'm like, wow, that really worked. You know, just two weeks in an environment where it's just English. Right. You know, just little things that I could understand what basically what people were saying. Awesome. Do you think, I mean, when I went to Ireland, I was really struck with how fast everyone speaks. Yeah. American. Yeah, I'm, I'm American. We're, we're pretty slow on several different things, especially politics at the moment. I've always found everyone that I've met that has studied English in Ireland, just their listening of very fast English is really good. You didn't think it was fast at all? No, I mean, it was foreign for me anyway. But now when I, in my head, with the English, I don't think it was that fast. And I was lucky enough that in Dublin, they didn't have this accent that is quite hard. So I was telling everyone that, oh no, the Irish accent is easy, it's easier to understand, blah, blah, blah. And then I went to Ireland like two years ago to do a a gig. And I'm like, what the hell happened within (laughs) 10 years? I couldn't understand anything what they were saying. And my English was better. Just like, what the hell? So I don't know where I was. I was in Dublin, but the the accent was like good. Originally, your schooling was in French. Yes. And you studied Spanish first, then Italian, then English. And when did English come in? Uh, the first one, eleven. I was eleven years old. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't very good at it. Actually, I think I maybe had um, learning problems or something. I, there was something wrong with me because even in French, I, I was a bit. 
not not stupid, but my brain didn't was un, was locked somehow with a lot of things. Well, I came from Africa, and I don't know what happened. There were a lot of maybe psychological issues that happened, you know, between the parents and things that I saw, and that just I don't know what happened, but there, I was kind of silly. I had problems under and on top. I didn't know the difference. I was using the wrong of little word like this, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I start realizing that I was really dumb when I was about 13 and I did something about it. What do you mean you did something about it? Well, I don't know. Something clicked in my head. I'm like, hold on. I'm, I'm not that dumb. Uh, you know, I can do it, you know? And yeah, I know what's under is. I know what's on top is, you know, left, right. I can do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I don't know. What was the style of learning? Like, did you just have to memorize vocabulary? Were there lots of role plays? English at the beginning, the first basic lesson, yes, is role play. And they give you like, to make it fun, they give you, uh, you choose an English name. Like Kitty, Alison, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember mine because I already wasn't into English. For me, English was like translating one word to another in French. Mm-hmm. And they follow the same grammar, taking some lyrics and try to translate, like, I'm very clever, you know, I can do it. And I'm like, why? It doesn't make sense. And why do I've got 10 words and they've got five, you know? There were a problem with my way of thinking. <laughs> so you thought it would be like a direct translation. Yes. Because I didn't know the English were lazy and didn't have many vocabulary. <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> True, we are lazy. You went to Ireland for two weeks when you were 15, and that was in, like, junior high, high school. Uh, yeah, you called that that. Uh, and then you, did you go to university, or? No, no, I was here in the UK when I was 18. No, I went to something you call, maybe, I don't know what you call it. When you're 16, you go to yeah. a school, call it a lycée, mm-hmm. um, and you stay there until you're 18. Mm-hmm. Yes? We just call that high school. No, I thought high school was from 11 till 16. So that's junior high. Oh, okay. You're talking American. American. I don't, I don't understand the British subtitle. We don't know what we're talking about. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have never understood the British system. I know everyone's upset about their grading, but all I know is I thought J.K. Rowling invented prefects. But like, I didn't realize that was a thing. I only thought wizards did that. So I'm just like, I don't know what this system is, but it's old. So you guys trust it. Uh, I don't trust nothing in this country too much. But I mean, I've got a son and it just, I just went through the whole motion. And, uh, you know, when they send me year two, year three, I'm like, okay, what age are we talking about? Please. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, it's just confusing for someone who's not used to the system. I don't understand, you know, I was like asking questions like, why are you doing this? And my son is like, mom, stop it. Well, I need to understand what's going on. <laughs> I do want to talk about your son. So you came here when you were, you came to London when you were 18. Yes. And how was it? How was your experience when you first got to London? Well, when I came here, I thought, oh, I was au pair, right? And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to London, you know? Because when you learn by English, it's London, right? right. And I end up in Maidstone. And I, where is Maidstone? Bring me to the train station. What's going on? So <laughs> I stay in Maidstone <laughs> and then I've been moved to Casherton Beaches, which is in zone five. And right. I'm, okay, I'm getting closer. Eventually, I end up in zone 
zone uh, three in Earth sphere, getting closer. And then I moved to zone three in Stratham, in Stratham with my friend who is there. And eventually zone two in Brixton. But it was London. It wasn't made stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, London, I loved it. I remember going to Oxford Circus, the most famous street in the world. And it was like amazing. I didn't understand why there were so many McDonald's. It's just like, why is there so many McDonald's here? You know what I mean? When you go to Champs-Élysées or whatever, you can find one at the end and one maybe at the, I think even Champs-Élysées has got only one, you right. know? Because the, the French are not really into American things. We're trying to, you know, to punish them somehow, you know? Yes. Fuck you with your hamburgers. Right. Uh, but um, Oxford Street is the same outlet all over the place. What is all about? Did you, when you first came to London, did you feel like your English was at a level where you could be yourself? No, yeah, my English was good. It was just, uh, I mean, answering back to people. Uh, <laughs> that was a problem. I couldn't, you know, when you, face to face, it was cool. I, I wasn't shy to ask again or whatever. That's fine. But on the phone, oh, that was, I was scared. The phone scares me. Yeah, really. It was like, oh, did I hear properly? You know, I don't know. And there's an expression like, um, I was talking to this guy and said, oh, you're a big girl. Girl, I'm like, hold on, why are you talking about my size? You know, I didn't know it was the expression you're grown up, you know, you're yeah. mature. Like, why are you so rude? Why are you talking about my size? <laughs> <laughs> It was just weird. So very little, you know, stealing expression, like the, the people begging, give me change. I'm like, why do you want change? Do you want money? That's what you want. You don't want change, you know? <laughs> it was just weird. So you thought that meant they wanted change. They want to be someone else. Yeah, but I knew there was something wrong with the understanding. I'm like, you're begging, aren't you? You're not um, exchanging money. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, you're not going to get euros out of this guy. No, no. Right. <laughs> But you know, you come here, there's things that don't make sense. Is that like, why are you calling that this? But remember the bigger thing, I was upset. And <laughs> I couldn't understand why I was upset. <laughs> did you get it straightened out or did you just hang up? No, I didn't get it straightened out. I mean, I saw him once again and he keep on calling me, you're a big girl. I'm like, you know what, this, this is fat shaming. I can't deal with it. <laughs> Well, that's on him for using the same expression over and over again, expecting a different reaction. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Give me a break, please. I'm sensitive. Knowing English, Spanish, and Italian, did, did that shape you in any way? Not at all. <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, but I'm, the thing is, I thought it didn't. But then, unlike a lot of people, I'm I'm confident in traveling all over the world because mm-hmm. I've got some notion of different cultures that I learned at school and I could express myself until I went to Germany. And then I could feel the stress of not being able to communicate. I mm. couldn't understand why some uh, English or whatever other country stopped themselves from traveling mm. because of the language. I was in Germany and I'm like, I never learned German. Mm. And this is so different from French, English and Italian, which I learned them because they're very close to each other. Again, I'm very lazy, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a German. Oh my gosh. Because now I'm clever. I'm not like I was before, you know, when I told you I was a bit stupid. No, I could, you know, make up words. Okay. I think this is exit and this and that. I'm trying to learn. And I I had my iPhone. So I was trying to, you know, because I don't like to feel stress. 
Mm -hmm. I want to be able to be independent and, you know, those kind of things. So I learned, but I understand the stress of uh, not being able to communicate is very scary. What was it about the German language? Was it just the way it sounded? Oh, I hate it. It sounds horrible. I was just like, please, can you stop talking? Do you hear yourself? It's horrible. Anyone's got a headache. What's going on in this country? (laughs) If you could describe German, how does it sound? Aggressive. You know, like, why are you shouting at me? Why? What is, what's going on? What did I do? <laughs> oh, it's too much. Do you have a favorite expression in French or in English? Uh, it's, in French, um, I like to say meuf a lot, which um, it's not, it's not it's slang. It's like, we call it verlan. It's like we take a word and we pronounce it upside down. It's called, it's, it means femme. Mm-hmm. Femme, we use the uh, some symphonic. Femme, and we use the meufa. So okay. And uh, we, we do a lot of words like this. We just, obviously with small syllable, not the big words because then it's just giving you a German headache. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can say it forwards and backwards. No, forward is a normal way to talk. Okay. <laughs> That's what we do normally. We talk okay. normally. And backward is the slang way for some words. I wonder I was in London with a friend and uh, we could see that someone was listening to the conversation because we saw that there were not many people speaking French. You know this thing about all oh, the English are dumb, they don't like to speak other language, yeah? So we're talking about everything and sex and all those things in front of everybody. And this guy was very interested. And we, not, we clock him. You know, it's like, oh, I think he's understand what we're saying. Because sometimes mm-hmm. he smile or he laugh. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go straight now. You know, let's let's talk straight. So we were overstreeting it, you know? So because there's some words that we use in, in Verlon, but we, every word was in Verlon. We're like, we were looking at each other like, what the hell did you say? Because it's going too fast now. <laughs> and the guy at one point has to stop. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh, I thought you were speaking French at the beginning and now I'm, I'm confused. I'm like, yeah, we know you understood. That's why we're down now. Seriously. Yeah, Verlon is funny. Do you have a favorite expression in English? Um, it's not... It's not expression. I like swearing in English. Really? But you said that you don't swear that much in French. Yeah, because in French, I don't need... I don't know. It's just like in English, you know, when you speak a different language, some words, we don't feel the same impact than normal speakers. Right. You know, For me, motherfucker is just a word that's fun. And, you know, Samuel J. Jackson say it, so it's, it must be good. Yes. <laughs> So motherfucker is just motherfucker. But if when I translate the equivalent in French, there's no way I'm saying that in French. No. Really? Oh, no, it's horrible. <laughs> no. But in English, it sounds good. I mean, I think I sounds good in English with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, you do. You sound amazing. Yeah. It's also, it is a fun word to say with all the fricatives, all the fa 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 in it. Yes, exactly. I stop a bit the swearing because apparently it's not good. But bitch, oh my God, I love bitch. Um, I love bitch. The salop in France, in France, I would say it, but I don't really swear. I don't think, you know. Right. But um, in, in English, you're swearing words. You don't have many because, again, your vocabulary is very limited. But I love it, you know, bitch, shit, motherfucker, fuck. Love it. Yeah, they're all very fun sounds, fun yes. sounds to say. Exactly. And with a French accent, I don't think anyone should, uh, you know, complain. I mean, that sounds good. You do, you do. Now, is there is there any foul word in, in French that's like, it's not the same direct translation, but it's the emotional equivalent? Um, well, because I don't put emotional equivalent in English, it's very hard for me. Yeah. Like I said, motherfucker in French is, is very bad. Yeah, only bad people say this thing. I'm a good oh. person. 
important. Yes, I mean, in France, we, we raise our kids not to swear. Even in movies and things, it's not, you know, we can't have a, a movie saying, motherfucker, there's a motherfucking uh, snake in a motherfucking plane. What the right. You know what I mean? You can't say right. that, you know? Yeah. Right, we, we don't do this. So only, not bad people, but close to bad people say that. If I'm watching a French TV show, what character would use those words the most? What kind of uh, character? Very street people, but even the, you know, street people without education. Because, okay. you know, you can be street without swearing. You know what right. I mean? Because I was street and I wasn't swearing. So mm -hmm. uh, very, uh, I don't want to put no racial thing there. But, of course. Um, for those who can listen, uh, you know you are. Actually, they can't. They don't speak English, so yeah. <laughs> swearing is not is not fun in in France. Okay, I know a lot of a lot of English speakers in in America have to study Spanish or French for one or two years. Mm. And have you met? someone who spoke French as a second language and wanted to practice with you? You know, what's your experience talking to non-native French speakers? Well, I'm impressed because France is, French is very difficult. You mm -hmm. basically, you need to know your words. You need to know the words and the grammar. The, uh, you know, there is a feminine and masculine thing going on, yes. And unlike the Italian and Spanish where you know it finished by your E or A, you know it's feminine or masculine. Not, mm -hmm. not the French, no. Not gonna make it easy for anybody. Not even for the young people. No, you just need to learn every single word in the whole dictionary. You need to learn it and know if it's feminine or masculine. That's it. Someone wake up in the morning, look at the table, say, you know what? I will put a vagina on, on, this, on this table. This is feminine. I've got no idea what, what happened to that language, but that, that's what happened. So I'm very impressed with people who can speak English, uh, French. And obviously they make a lot of mistakes. And as a French person, uh, we like to always have to let them know they made a mistake. That's the French. We, we like that. Say, uh, uh we don't say that, you know. Really? La, le, or we, we, we correct. I don't know why, but we all do that. Like we do a, <laughs> I've done a, a French scene in England and uh, who was it? This Canadian um, act was there and he keep on asking, oh, is that like this? Like, don't ask because you open the door for them to <laughs> you. And that's what they've done all the time. Even when after that, he wasn't asking, they were like, no, it's not like that. You don't say that. You say it like this. <laughs> that's why we don't have many uh, swearing words because all we put instead of the swearing, we put aggressivity mm. and irony into it. That's us. Especially okay. in Paris. I mean, I, I was raised around Paris area. In the South, they're cooler, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, they don't care. But in Paris, oh my gosh, we are aggressive. So it's more, the, the attitude is shown through like body language and, and tone and inflection yes. rather yes. than vocabulary. Exactly. Because okay. we got vocabulary in France. We don't need to, to show off, you know what I mean? But understand the English speakers, you got nothing going on for you guys. So that's so why you swear, you swear, you swear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Thank the Americans are too happy. So how can they feel the anger except for gun and motherfucker, you know? <laughs> and the English, they're so, you know... Blend. They have to have these words as well. <laughs> now you have a son. Did did you choose to raise him bilingual? Yes. Oh wow! My family, my family is in France. It needs to communicate. You know what I mean? That that's mm -hmm. all. They have to. Plus, French is my. You know, you got heritage to give. It's a heritage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For example, I didn't have my African heritage. My dad wasn't there. He didn't do his job. So I, I feel alike. I am black, but I'm learning to be black every day. 
So I hang out with my friend and they tell me stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. You know, that's a bit shameful. I'm 44 years old, for goodness sake. And I'm still learning to be black. <laughs> Blame my dad. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy, man. So my son is black and he's been brought up in Brixton and there's a lot of black people. So sometimes he's teaching me black stuff. I'm like, come on. I don't tell him he's teaching me. You know, I'm pretending that I know, but I don't know. I don't know anything. (laughs) It's so shameful. (laughs) I just think that's really fascinating and good for you for learning, but pretending like you already knew. I think that's face saving. That's fantastic. Well, I need the respect, you know what I mean? I yeah. But I remember when I was putting him in a nursery, uh, one of the lady, because he was only surrounded by French people. Mm-hmm. So his English, you know, he wasn't watching TV too much. It was like two, two years old, two and a half. And yeah. she came to me and said, oh, you need to stop speaking French to him because he needs to, to be able to speak English. And I'm like, no, English is everywhere, but not French. So I will keep speaking in French. And eventually I'm moving because I can't trust someone who speak like that, who can't understand people heritage and don't work with it. So I'm moving to another one where there were so many people from different countries and they work with them. You know what I mean? Children got one language in common, language of love. Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. You know? that, that was weird. <laughs> Even for me. <laughs> So did you have like rules like, okay, you, you have to speak to mommy in French? Uh, well, yeah, he didn't know anything else. Okay. <laughs> he later went to school and he was getting confused. You know, um, there is this thing about bilingual kids, they'll be slower because there's so many things going on in their head. I remember right. a conversation that we were in Lidl or something and uh, I say, I will say like, okay, say that in French. And he looked at me because he didn't know what was French and what was English. He could say it in both, but he didn't know the difference. So oh, I wow. say, okay, no, that's French and that's mm-hmm. English. So, you know, I don't know how he picked up. Um, you know, the brain is so, so great, but I have to, you know, he, had, he was confused. He knew the words. But he didn't know what was that. How old was he then? Uh, maybe three. I remember because uh, we stopped talking when he was five. It was just getting annoying. <laughs> so, so was he, at that time, was he learning at the nursery? I was learning everywhere. But yes, he was, uh, he was still at the nursery. And mm-hmm. you see the difference because some, some parents, it's a choice. You know, some parents choose to make their kids life easier by mm-hmm. removing the other language that is not the main language in the mm-hmm. country. And then the kids made the, or you got the kids that make the, their own decision that they don't want to learn the other language. Mm. And I, I think that you shouldn't give the kids the option, you know, because when they're younger, that's when it's stuck. Even if they don't speak it at the end because they made the choice when they're bigger, they will right. understand it. Mm. Instead of having the kids say, no, I don't want to hear Italian or French or whatever. It's just English for me. Mm. Because they don't know that this is a privilege in this country, you know, this is uh, a positive thing. And uh, you're having a plus that might or might not be helpful later on in life. Mm. But why removing it straight away? You know, right. like you decided you're left-handed and like, you know, I cut my right arm. I'm not going to have it. Right. <laughs> no, you might need it. You know what I mean? You just keep your right arm for the moment. You never know. And at what age do you feel like it clicked for him? I don't know. I don't even know if he's still clicking for him right now. But (laughs) (laughs) 
no, I think he got used to it. I think everything is learning all the time. The brain just learn. Like every time I was sending to him to France, like three times a, a year. And oh, wow. France is just French. Everyone found him so cute because he was speaking with an English accent. <laughs> I only speak French. In English, he's got like this rough, big, he's a big man. Yeah, he's like, yeah, big man, I'm a big man. And in French, like, we say, mommy, mommy, maman, maman, oui, maman. And the voice is so, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> When he speaks French, he's so cute, you know what I mean? It's, it's just more softer than when he's in England. It's just like he's playing big, rough man. Right, because he's used to speaking to you primarily in French. At home, we speak more English for some reason. Um, okay. I think it should, because he's, got, he's always speaking English within French and whatever, and he mm-hmm. goes to France with less, you know? Because mm. now he's got his friends, not like before. You know, I can't, I can't rule him anymore. <laughs> I say, you're going to France, and like, no, I'm not. No, okay. All right. What can I do? <laughs> it's bigger than me. What can I do? You know what I mean? Okay. It's just like, even for me, sometimes I, want, I speak French and sometimes I'm like, I'm losing my words and it's so tiring. I'm like, you know what? I'll just switch it to English. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite bad. When I go to France, people think I'm playing up like the girl who lives in London. She's like, yeah. No, I actually don't know the word. What is this? So I'm playing charade in France. No, you know, like put it in the... It's round. You put the rubbish in it. A bin? Yes, that's it, the bin. Put it in the bin. They said I was playing, but I'm not playing. It's just, I can't remember the word. Are there any uh, French words you think English should import on a regular basis or vice versa? I think everyone imported already what they needed from the country. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I just want them, whatever imported, please pronounce it properly. That's all I'm asking. You know what I mean? Croissant is a croissant. I'm talking about croissant. Don't don't call a croissant that's not croissant. If there is icing on it, it's not a bloody croissant. That's a piece of English garbage. That's what it is. Not put icing on the croissant. What is that all about? Ugh. How do you feel about ham croissant sandwiches? Okay, first of all, if it's ham croissant, it's ham croissant. You don't call it ham croissant sandwiches. But ham croissant has not been invented by the English. Hello. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. So you're learning something. I it's am. Something. I'm learning a lot. Talking about American, I went to New York. Yeah. In Queens, actually, in Queens. I went to a shop, and uh, since God, there were uh, the description underneath of the goodies they were saying. And there was this square thing going on in the bakery area. And underneath, it said croissant. And I'm like, okay, Americans don't understand the uh, principle of croissant. It's called croissant because of the shape. Right. That was a square. I'm just saying, um, I'm very, uh, I don't know what's going on in the American education, but there's a problem, I'm just saying. It's safe to say that if it happened in New York, that was definitely a New York thing. They would say, oh no, it's a New York croissant, we do it square, because we yeah, do yeah. anything we I want. Like to do that. Yeah, yeah. I had to go to a French outlet to buy a proper croissant for $5.99. That's are you buying I- a croissant or are you paying the rent? That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I should have just taken the whole plate with it. Stay safe. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I was on holiday. I'm like, you know, I want a croissant and um, I'm going to eat a croissant. Five ninety nine. This is ridiculous. But anyway. Do you have any favorite idioms? Uh, by the way, talking yeah. about a question that I don't like in English. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. Because when I first didn't know about what it means, immigrants, mm-hmm. I was like, why, why even using alien? This is horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only the American. I don't think the British use alien. Uh, when I lived in Japan, I had an alien card. And so, yeah. Alien. 
They call it an alien card. And it's primarily American English, yeah. So rude. True, but we love aliens. Like, if they're from outer space. Yeah. As long as they're not black or Asian or... <laughs> as long as they're green. <laughs> it's going to be so upsetting for Black Lives Matter if they, if they are aliens from up there got their green card and not... <laughs> Well, of course they're going to get green cards. They're already green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, favorite expression in, in England, um, in English. Mm, I don't have any. Like I said, I like the swearing and I think that's good enough. How about in French? In French, um, I use a lot meuf, which means uh, femme. Transfer it to girl, you know, what's up girl. I say meuf. And that's a uh, swear because I left when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I still got the vocabulary nearly of 18 years old. Like, you know, I'm 44. I'm talking like I'm a street girl. You know, what's up, Muff? <laughs> well, no, no, you don't sound like you're 44. You sound like you're from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I love the 90s, man. That was so good. I find that that's true. That when you, when you leave your home country for a decade or more, and you're talking to someone who has been in your home country and is from your home country, they kind of give you that look like, did you just step out of a time machine? <laughs> I haven't heard anybody say that in 20 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, do people not say this anymore? My bad. I have a lot of experience with that as well. Um, also, because I was an ESL teacher, an English as Second Language teacher for so long, it kind of slows down your speech a bit. So when I went home, and I also have cerebral palsy, right? So I kind of move a little funny. And so people would meet me for the first time and go, were you in a car accident? <laughs> like, it's like, did, did you hit your head? Because you talk really slow. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just used to talking to people who have a vocabulary of 50 words. <laughs> so they're just like, oh, okay. So I, I totally understand that feeling of going, oh, people don't say this anymore. No, I want to go to France. Obviously, they call it a, uh, a live language. You know, language is live. It's not dead. Sometimes there's some French comedian and they come or I see them and uh, they do their sets. I was doing the French show in London. So they come, do their things. And normally they're very good, right? People love. And we just look at him and because there's a lot of things we didn't understand what the fuck he was talking about. And he's like, oh, I don't understand because uh, usually this set kills. I'm like, okay, we don't understand this. We don't understand that. All this, those expressions, I'm out of it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. painful though because I, I see myself as a French speaker. But you are a French speaker. Like, there's no question. Yeah, from the 90s. <laughs> from the 90s, exactly. Now, how, how do you feel, like, when you listen to someone from, say, Quebec speak French? Oh, my God. Don't get me started, okay? <laughs> All right, I've done a Zoom during lockdown, right? Uh, they asked me to do a Zoom thing uh, in French. So I didn't know the other people. Uh, the promoter chose a lot of Canadian and stuff. So I was introducing, and obviously they had different language, their thing. They start with their thing, and um, I had to, when they finished, like, oh, does this word mean fucking? Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay. So for all the other people, that's what it meant. And um, the accent, because I told some of my followers who, from uh, my French show to come, mm-hmm. so they came. And some text me, it's like, sorry, I have to leave. I don't understand the accent. I don't understand. And it's true, the accent, I'm sorry, the accent was horrendous. And I understand why they said the French got, you know, the best accent in the world, mm-hmm. because... My goodness, when I listen to some people, it's just like, I mean, I think Canada should stop trying to speak French. Let's just finish it. Do they sound like, you know, people that live, 
have lived by themselves for hundreds of years, like in the middle of a forest? Is that how they sound to you? Yeah. I, this, the, it's, it's, it's like a mix of a Texan from someone from Texas, Texas. Mm-hmm. who is speaking French and they were very slow as well. And it was, it was disgusting. Let's just say that's a word. Um, please, Canada, if you listen, stop speaking French. Just close all the, the French schools. Um, just stop it. It's, it's, it's shameful. That's it. That's shameful. Yeah. I mean, we can't even say it's French Canadian. Let's call it something Canadian. Okay. So, so did they sound like what that square croissant would sound like if it could talk? Probably. You know what? I can't exactly remember. All I wanted to say is like, oh, since God is over, um, and just try to remove that. All it stay in my head is like, that was horrible. Um, those people shouldn't allow to speak French. It's that's that's how bad it was. Seriously, no. No, I'll please. take your word for it. I don't speak yeah. French, but I'll it take your like, word for it. You know, I've, I've got something about the, the Spanish trying to speak English so with oh. a strong accent. Um, it's like, ha, 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 like, hello, hello. Why are you saying hello? It's hello. Make, you know, just one word. Just try it. Do it properly. Hello. Even with a French accent, it doesn't, like, hello, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Even the Arabs, they've got a lot of ha, 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 but they managed to say hello. Why is the Spanish going, hello, hello, stop it? You know, it's horrible. Gosh. So that sounded like that. A French person trying to speak French, a uh, Canadian trying to speak French, and all the words were just going wrong. <sighs> Trust me. Uh, I, when the Spanish guys speak English without ha, 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 I'm like, oh, wow, well done with you. Well done. There is some, you know, not all Spanish people got an accent like that. Come on, make an effort. You know, just like, hello, hello. What, what, what's going on in your mouth? What's going on? Well, that brings me, that brings me to my last two questions. What language do you think people speak in heaven? Oh, in heaven. I think they don't speak. It would be like in, in the head, you know? There's no, it's going to, the universal language of, uh, we'll be, you know, human being with the brain will be hundred percent. Apparently we use only like 20% of our brain or even 10. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? That's, that means 90% we, we, we don't have access of this 90%. So I think when we're heaven, everything is unlocked. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why talking? We can look at each other. It's going to be in the eyes or maybe we took our own language and the other one, Google translated on his own. You know what I mean? Right. I've got that's, no idea, but I, I think that that's how it's going to that's how it's going to work. The universal language of paradise, or maybe yeah, that's it. They've got a special language, mm-hmm. and as soon as you die, it gets downloaded into your head, and when you're resurrected, it's in there. Nice. That sounds yeah. very matrixy. I like it. Well, we're talking about resurrection, so don't judge me. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. The last question: What do people speak in hell? Oh, I think they just screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to speak? You know what I mean? Someone is trying to burn you. Are you going to talk? No, no, too busy screaming, seriously. Or just swearing words. That's all you hear. Seriously. There you go. You're amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. I thank you for having me, girl. Really, really enjoyed this. Where can people follow you, find you, send you money? Oh my gosh, yes, send me money. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Ariel Suma. I've got a page and uh, I've got the other normal thing. So on my page, there is um, a PayPal, Ariel Suma. Mm-hmm. PayPal thing. Uh, also on Twitter at uh, Fat Comedian, P H A T. Okay, 
definitely do. Nice. Uh, I'm also on Twitter on the although the other one like Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I open an account. So I'm not really send me a message though, but it might take a year for me to answer. Just saying. <laughs> I need to get into this. I'm still living in the 90s. so People can send you a telegram at... <laughs> <laughs> I said 90s. I didn't say 50s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, thanks so much. I'll put that info up on the website and stuff so people can see you. Thanks again so much. You've been amazing. Thank you, Thank you for having me. That was fun.